My entitled brother sells all of my stuff. And when I confronted him about this, my parents actually defended him. So now I'm suing him. Here's what happened. I am 23 years old and I am a very reserved person. I don't like to interact with other people, but I don't hate anyone. I have never been angry with a person because I assume that if you don't interfere with my life, everything is fine. Now, I have always been very close to my brother, even though he is very different from me. And we have always shared our stuff since birth. Recently, he has started to become an extremely bossy person at the house, with his parents buying him everything he wants, despite his catastrophic grades. He smokes, he drinks, and starts to force me to be mainly a cab driver for him. This puts a very bad atmosphere in the house, with my mother yelling at him a lot. Fortunately, on my end, I bought my dream computer after working incredibly hard, and every night, I lock myself in my room, and I spend my time coding, or in some cases, playing video games. And you know what? I will happily take this quiet time, as this is right in between my very tiring engineering studies, as well as the atmosphere at home, which can be very intense. Fast forward, and I had a six-month internship in a big city in another country. And at the beginning of the internship, I love it, because I've never left my small city. It was very difficult to live alone in an apartment, but after a few weeks, I really adapted, which really surprised me. I enjoy going out with people now, I feel more confident, and I even changed my clothing style to be more adult and I really loved it. Another perk is that I started working out since I don't have my computer in my spare time. At the end of my internship I go back home and I find the same atmosphere as before and nobody has noticed my changes in appearance but I just ignore this and when I arrive at night I only want to find my computer to avoid the tense atmosphere and the screams that come along with this house but that is when I was horrified to find out that my computer was not in my room so I asked my mother and she then tells me something that blows my mind. She tells me that my brother sold it and I honestly could not be more upset by this news. I think at that point my brain just paused and it was 10 seconds before I asked my mom if she was joking or not. She says no and I honestly start to see red. I teleport to my brother's room and ask him why. He then tells me that he sold my computer to buy sneakers and clothes and I ask him again explaining this time that I want to know why he sold my computer because I did didn't give him the right to do it and that I always use it for work. At this point he starts laughing at me and tells me that I can buy another one and that the money that he got from it was nothing to me. He then tells me that he sold my computer for a thousand dollars and when I heard that I just about lost it because that computer is worth so much more than that. Normally I would have run away to my room to swear but here I got angry and I grabbed his laptop and destroyed it on the floor. The noise brings back my parents and my brother yells at me asking me what happened to me. I yell and explain that he had no right and that he is an absolute jerk for doing that. I explain that I needed that for work and that it was mine. My father then comes in and angrily tells me to keep my voice down and says that it's just a computer. I told him with all my anger to shut up and that he should realize that it is not normal to steal people's things. I then leave because even my parents do not support me and after that I go to the police station to file a complaint. As the value of my computer exceeds a thousand my brother is at risk of going to prison. My parents put pressure on me to drop the lawsuit against my brother, but I don't want to and I don't want to be with them anymore since they consider me less than nothing. And so fast forward and we go ahead with the proceedings and my brother as a result must give me back close to $5,000, including having to pay back my lawyer that I hired for this case. Because everything went down, my whole family hates me and I have now cut ties with everyone. I am now living with my cousin and I'm about to 
to graduate, so I will soon have a job. I am in a hurry to leave and not see my family ever again, which doesn't bother me either, because the way they considered me was just unacceptable, and I don't think I was wrong. I feel completely justified taking my brother to court and winning, and I don't regret it in the slightest. That is fantastic that the original poster was able to get the money back so that they could buy their computer. The original poster went on to say that the computer was actually worth about $5,000, so they clearly had some serious setup that they did not want to try and replace on their own. So good for them for getting their money back and setting things right, because otherwise their brother could just get away with more stuff like this, and it would not be fair for the next person who has their stuff sold off by this entitled brother who would not have known that this is not a good thing to do. My friend and I have been unknowingly seeing the same person, and at this point I don't know if I should just walk away or what I should do. I have been seeing a man by the name of John for approximately six weeks. That is not his real name. We matched on a dating app, but I also knew him from the occasional hallway greeting at work. We've been spending some quality time together since the first date and have hung out at least once a week. Several days ago, I found out that my friend by the name of Sarah, also not her real name, has been also seeing him at the same time. They started talking four weeks ago, which was two weeks into me seeing him. They went on a date two weeks ago, and they had plans last week, but Sarah had to cancel. John has been very straightforward about wanting to spend some quality time with her during their texts and conversations. His date plans were an exact mirror of my experience. John and I did not have a conversation about exclusivity. Technically, he did nothing wrong by hooking up with her, but the fact that he used the same formula on her as he did with me really bothers me. I don't like that I was the backup option for the day she couldn't make it, especially since by that point, we'd been on dates without hooking up and have had conversations that I wouldn't do with a random fling. Sarah and I hung out in a group setting a couple days ago when the whole John ordeal came to light. I texted him as soon as I learned about it. The next day, Sarah and I met and we had a healthy one-on-one conversation about the situation where she disclosed everything despite him asking not to. We decided it would be for the best for both of us to step back because she was developing feelings for him and I was beginning to feel very uncomfortable about things. After John had gotten text messages from each of us, he confessed to Sarah and me that he'd liked me for a while and wanted to pursue more but was waiting until I was ready and would delete dating apps if I asked. He said he was planning to have a discussion about exclusivity the next time we met. I'm not sure how I should approach this. His interactions with Sarah led me to believe that he was only interested in something casual. If it weren't a close friend, I might be more objective about the situation. But with how things have unfolded, I'm not sure. Is initiating and pursuing some quality time with another person, while in the beginning stages of non-exclusively dating someone that you like, a red flag? Should I try dating him or commit to backing off? What should I do? I mean, honestly, I'm really surprised that you're even considering still going with this guy. This honestly sounds like a super sketchy situation. And you know what? He was probably in paradise. He literally had two women to pick from. And now he's like, oh, hey, I want to get with you instead of Sarah. But like, why would you even want to go with him? He's bargain hunting. Like, come on. He's playing stupid games and it's just really inappropriate. Also, for some context, this guy is almost 10 years older than Sarah and this original poster. Like, he clearly knows what he's doing, but I don't think you do. So in my opinion, if I was in your shoes, I would walk away. This guy is just toying with you and he's just trying to play both of you. And worst of all, he's old enough to know better. So it's time to find somebody who's actually going to be loyal and want to be with you specifically and not just play around on the market just to try and find another woman that he can spend some quality time with. My parents hate my boyfriend and I don't know how to move forward or what to do. My boyfriend and I are both 21 years old. 
years old, and we have been dating for a year, but have known each other and each other's families for 10 plus years. His mom was a mentor of mine, and my family adored him. My parents are extremely protective and did not allow me to do much with anyone. With boys, they wanted a chaperone, and I could not text, call, or be with them alone. But because they knew him, they let those rules go. When we started hanging out, many people in our church advised my parents to not let me get involved with him and to not trust him. He had a rough past and was always getting in trouble. They let us hang out for a couple of months, but things slowly got bad. He and I became each other's best friends, and we told each other everything. He told me about his troubles in high school and friend issues. He had left his friend group because of drama and was trying to be better himself. I told him how little time for myself I got, how I had basically no life outside my home, and wanted to move out by the end of summer. We hung out for three months without the chaperone rules, but we were still super respectful of my parents, and we would not be in a room or at home alone together. One instance, we were at a drive-in movie that didn't finish till after midnight, which was approved with no curfew, and my mom wasn't going to be home until 2 a.m. We stopped at the beach to talk for a while, because we had time, and then started the 45-minute drive back home. On our way back, I got a call from my mom freaking out because I was not home. I explained what happened and how I thought that she would be back after I got home. This was unacceptable, and they accused us of being intimate with each other, and that we were apparently lying about it. At that point, I liked someone else, and he had no intentions towards me. They said it was deceitful and untrustworthy. After that, we were never allowed to be without an approved chaperone again, and now I had a 9pm curfew. This resulted in a massive argument between my parents and me. They said they lost all trust in me, and they are trying to protect me from things I don't even know about. Word for word, they said, you can never know what could happen. Things that you don't even know about. We can tell you from experience there are things you just cannot fathom. I asked them to explain these things so I could be better prepared, and they would not tell me because they valued my innocence. Over the next month, we tried to earn that trust back, but we could not get through to them. I got super depressed, I had nightmares so bad, and I barely slept, and I almost left the state just to start over with my life. But my boyfriend helped me with so much. He was kind, caring, gentle. He encouraged me that things would get better, and he is the main reason why I stuck around. I got better, we got closer, and we tried so hard to stay on good terms with my parents, but it honestly wasn't easy. Home life for me was messy and toxic. I am the oldest of six, and the majority caretaker of the home, and I work full-time. I was not treated very well, and I wanted out. My plan was to move out by the end of the summer, but then my boyfriend asked my parents for permission to officially start dating me and to give me a promise ring. We started dating and my parents got even more strict, which left no room for me to ask if I can move out, so I just stayed. Two months later, I got into another massive argument with them over a miscommunication and my dad kicks me out. I go to stay with a friend and my mom is begging me to come back home. My boyfriend wanted nothing to do with the argument and wanted to stay out of it as much as possible, but still was supporting me in making my own decisions without influence. My dad does apologize for kicking me out and he does respect my decision for much needed space. I come back home for two weeks because I got sick and I had found a place to stay. They are not pleased with my decision to move out and were being passive aggressively supportive. When the day came for me to move, they decided to paint their entire house and told me I couldn't bring friends over to help me move. I moved everything on my own. During this time, they found out that my boyfriend and I had spent some quality time together. And after they found out about that, they were furious. But not with me. They were furious with him. They felt betrayed. My boyfriend promised to protect me 
and they felt that he had broken that promise and hated him for it. They were certain it started back on the beach, and I was coerced into it. They would not believe me when I told them that we started three months after dating. We didn't even kiss until we were dating, and I had initiated both of those situations. They demanded an apology from him, but never wanted to see him again. During that time, my boyfriend had serious surgery, and he was incapacitated for four weeks, and his family had COVID. He was physically unable to go see my parents, but also didn't want to talk to them till they started treating me better. For the next few months, my parents would beg for him to reach out while simultaneously berating him and low-key stalking him, with them having many three-hour phone calls just to yell at me, telling me I'm throwing my life away and how he would never be good enough for me. The only thing that kept me in contact with them was the younger kids, as well as my boyfriend encouraging me to keep trying. Every time things got better, my boyfriend would go to reach out, but before he could, I'd get a phone call from them and spend the next week as an absolute wreck. This went on for eight months. When my boyfriend finally reached out and made some actual plans, my parents canceled last minute and went on vacation. The next time he reached out, he got no response. This went on for four more months. Now, my parents are saying that they'll never forgive him and want nothing to do with him. When I moved out, my boyfriend had told me that he wanted to propose, but had made a promise to his brother who was engaged that he would not propose until after they had married and their wedding was set out for a year. That year is now up. He has moved in with me and we want to get married, but not without my parents' permission. So we are in a bit of a tough spot. He wants to make things right with them and I want them to be involved, but they want absolutely nothing to do with our relationship. They had never told me explicitly that they want us to break up. And personally, if we did break up, then our whole year and a half of trouble would be for nothing. I don't want that. And I don't think my parents want that either. They just don't know how to get over what we did. I do not know how to move forward. And I feel stuck and trapped again under my parents' thumb because they are still dictating my life. If he proposes, it would be without their permission, which neither of us wants. But if he doesn't, we may never get married and we can never make things right. I personally feel like getting married would make our life decisions right and we can all move on with our life together. I feel like I'm going to be forced just to force them to make a decision about whether they want to be a part of my life or not. But if I do that, I lose the relationship with my siblings and possibly my jobs. Because as another fun fact, we all work together. I'm at a crossroads and I honestly don't know what to do. I think the first thing the original poster needs to realize is that their parents cannot be fixed. They are toxic and they're going to stay toxic. The fact that they've written off your boyfriend right off the bat is absolutely ridiculous. They quite literally have not even given him a chance and anytime he's tried to reach out and say, hey, let's meet up, they would cancel last second or avoid him, all while still saying, oh, he's a horrible person. Like, that's just really immature. You've tried to reach out, you've tried to do what's right, but they are not meeting you in some kind of middle ground. And that's not fair for you and your boyfriend. I mean, how can they not get the hint? You two literally live together. That's a pretty good litmus test, in my opinion, to see if you actually can stand the person in the first place. So for your parents to still not like him and have some kind of pride about this is really immature. I think if I was in your shoes, I would do what's right for me and my significant other. I would not let your parents dictate what you can and cannot do because you don't live under their roof anymore. You can make your own decisions. And honestly, in my opinion, I don't think you need their permission to get married. If they want to be involved in your life, they will certainly make the effort. But if this is how they're going to continue to act, then honestly, I don't see this as a big loss. And when it comes to work, if you do decide to go about it this way, you can always find another job. You can easily find another job in your skill set that'll allow you to provide for yourself and support you and your future husband. Because otherwise, you 
are just going to be stuck, just like you said. And I honestly can't think that your life is ever going to be happy if you let your toxic, weird parents dictate what you can and cannot do in your adult life. Today, I messed up by not realizing that my microphone was on during an important meeting, and now I'm in deep trouble. To keep the intro short, I'm a sales analyst for a business many people may be familiar with, and I'm at a lot of board meetings as it's the corporate end of things. Lately, it's been a hybrid work environment, so a lot of our meetings are hybrids. So because of this, we're outfitted with microphones just for the occasion. They're little Bluetooth clip-ons, like you'd never notice on your favorite YouTuber. I'll be frank, I hate the company, but they pay the bills. That aside, when you have a bunch of bald eggheads in a room talking numbers for hours, it can get pretty dull. I'm usually very good about this sort of thing, and there's no hitch. Today, however, I just was not having it. We had a board meeting in which a lot of the talk was about if the hybrid full remote workplace was a good idea, and somehow these egg-headed morons landed on no. I heard that part and kind of shrunk in my chair, because the opportunity to be in the comfort of my own home really does balance out how much you dread this job sometimes. I don't give my input on things usually. I tend to just let the executives duke it out, but they genuinely for a moment seemed like they had dropped the ball, and that was strike one. The next subject came up was the pay. Oh, the greatest point of contention. A lot of facilities that the lower-tier executive visited were in god-awful disrepair, and if there's anything these folks like to do, it's not taking accountability for giving the workers what they need and clear-cut metrics to achieve. Pay cuts were talked about, and it's convenient that the bar was drawn at my level, sales analyst one, as well as everybody below me. I excused myself and thought I'd left my microphone in the room, but actually, I still had it on me as I went to the restroom. I didn't need to use it, thankfully, but I did heavily vent how stupid of a discussion that was. I pointed out how asinine it is that they would cut everyone's pay but their own, alongside calling certain folks by name, a variety of descriptive names, if you know what I mean. While I was in the bathroom, I really went in. That is, until I dropped my microphone. Yeah, it was on me the whole time. I debated hard about going back in. I honestly thought that they would fire me over PA or something. But no, they talked it up in there until I returned. And then they said the following. Miss Original Poster, it's clear you feel very strongly on the matter, giving your very colorful expression. What would you suggest we do when the facilities are failing to meet our expectations? And at this moment, a part of me left my soul for just a moment. This is a really good job, and I would hate for what was supposed to be a candid moment in private be something that ends everything. They made it clear that they understand my frustrations and would hear me out, but I did get a bit of chewing out from my superiors, who got secondhand embarrassment from hearing what I had to say, while also throwing in some spineless name-calling to boot. My heap of paperwork is high, and luckily none of it is disciplinary action. I did propose much better alternatives, and I wish I could disclose the brand so the workers could thank me for potentially saving their pockets, but there's no telling if they would listen. I'm still really all shook up from it, and it is probably my greatest blunder in life so far. That sounds like an absolute nightmare. I can't imagine excusing myself from a virtual meeting just to try and vent in my bathroom over something stupid that's going on that's going to affect your bottom line and your paycheck, only for everybody in that boardroom to basically hear exactly what you have to say. I would be unbelievably embarrassed at that situation. But from the sounds of it, it really did kind of work out. It sounds like they took your advice seriously and you saved a lot of people a lot of money. And to be honest, these top executives probably needed somebody to step in and shake the cage just a little bit. And you just happen to be that person unintentionally. So good for you for at least speaking up, even though you really didn't mean to. It made a world of difference, even if you are slightly traumatized as a result. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications.
notifications. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And the next time you live stream, use the Cream of the Crop music. Search Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright-free music to use for your next stream.